Welcome to Building Texas with Justin McKenzie and Summer Babarak, sponsored by the Bernie Kendall County Economic Development Corporation and Das Greenhouse. And now, here's your host, Justin McKenzie. Welcome to Building Texas, where we sit down with the most interesting people who are making an impact locally, across the region, and across the state of Texas. Today, I'm sitting here with Roman Sandoval, who is the CEO and founder of AlloSense. They recently pitched at the Bernie Kendall County Angel Network, and we had an opportunity to really learn more about Roman in that room. What we learned was really interesting, exciting, and shows a perspective of what we're doing here in the region. And we wanted to have him on to have a big conversation with Summer, who knows him in the LinkedIn community. So I'm sure we'll get to that. And then Roman, thanks for coming in. How would we know you? Where would we know you from? Hi. Yeah, this is uh, Roman. We'd know you from LinkedIn mostly. Yeah, mostly from LinkedIn and got connected through that uh, event where I pitched in front of several angels. And that was a fantastic event. I lived in San Antonio for quite some time, actually. Not a lot of people know that, but I lived here for about 10 years and I have a family. I have two amazing children and got married here in Texas and establishing my family here in good old San Antonio and Bernie. Well, understanding your professional background, you've worked for some big name companies that we would know, and they've taken you around the world. And, and you mentioned going and touring plants in China and other places where they're building electric batteries. Mm-hmm. So help me understand, how does Allosense impact electric vehicle market? And, and what is your role in that? Why would these big name brands, and you can use them if you want, have you going around the world looking at these problems? Yeah. So we started Allosense in 2020, but the real creation of Allosense has been the history of my involvement in the high volume manufacturing space. So over the past 15 years, I've been involved with creating testers and measurement solutions. And that's what we do here at Allosense. I first started in Austin, Texas, working for a company called National Instruments. And the main focus there was to create these testers that would be deployed across different countries, including China. What is a tester? A tester is a system that goes into a manufacturing line and evaluates the quality of product as that product is being assembled. So it's part of a QC system. Yes. Quality control system. Quality control system. Sorry for the acronym. (laughs) I'm so used to being LI friends that I'm using acronyms all the time. Apologies. (laughs) No worries. So after National Instruments got pulled in to Cupertino, worked on the Apple iPhones and getting those iPhones and uh, wireless chipsets QC. (laughs) Perfect. At factories in China and also got involved with Qualcomm on chipset testing, Intel on chipset testing as well for the high density modular tester. And then eventually moved into a small company at that time in Palo Alto. And they had showed me the Model 3. So my task there was to evaluate the quality of a battery as it's being manufactured. And this was exciting. We were creating the very first high-volume manufacturing test system for the Model 3 ramp and deployed those systems at the Gigafactory. When that happened, I was hooked. I mean, this new trend of the electrification of everything, electric vehicles, is certainly a passion. Passion not just for myself, but for this new generation of technology and the people that are being impacted by it. And so that's how we started. 
and that's a lot of the feedback for Tesla as they've ramped up has been how do they control quality and how do they compete with high volume auto manufacturers that are building a million cars a year mm-hmm. for each model series. So they have experience and volume. Tesla didn't have that and famously had some supply chain issues ramping up, but they were also introducing brand new technology, brand new operating systems, a, a whole new way to think about the car. So how did that influence your time with them? Yeah, so there are two main metrics whenever creating uh, these measurement systems or testers that are are important. The first metric is, hey, how do we make these systems faster and quicker? Because they directly impact the throughput in the factory floor. When you impact throughput, you ultimately drive success and, and value for the company. And the second is, hey, how quickly can we implement these systems so that we're not introducing latencies in the entire system? And that's what we have targeted as you know the unique value proposition for what we've uh, designed and built for our customers. Uh, and that's what we do here at Allisense. So I'd like to take a step back, if you don't mind. So you were working with Tesla, and then after that time is when you founded Allosense? I was involved with Tesla around 2018 Okay. for the initial ramp of the, the Model 3. Allosense was started in 2020. Okay, so what happened in between Tesla and Allosense? Did you take a break, or were you you know, ideating, for lack of a better word? I know sometimes entrepreneurs do that. They leave kind of a corporate setting and they take a step back and go, I think I can do this. I can think I can, I think I can build this and I can build it differently. So is that what you were doing? Yeah, I was, I was building my first few startups. So actually Allisense is my third startup. I got involved actually before Allisense, I got involved with another startup in San Antonio, Texas that went through Techstars Boulder program in 2019. Fantastic. And that's what triggered me to create a venture backable business. And so following that, my co-founders wanted to stay in Denver, Colorado. I needed to go back to San Antonio because of love, right? I have a family here. I want to uh, raise my kids out here. And so I moved back to San Antonio and built Allison's following that. That's amazing. And I think so few people recognize that about entrepreneurs that usually when you're recognizing them as a name or recognizing their company as a name, very often that is not their first endeavor in the startup community. And so I think that's, it's, I think it's an important part of the story because as with most things, you learn so very much from your first few experiences that by the time you're building it on your own, you you come from a place of learnings and you're ready. Is that how you felt when you started Allisense? Yeah, certainly. I could have pursued an MBA, but instead pursued startups. And I think I have learned my share of, you know, like School getting of hard my own degree. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, and, and I love the part of the story where you were active in Colorado and other places around the country, but you intentionally want to be in this region. And Summer, you've made that choice for your company as well to fundraise in this region that isn't necessarily known fundraising yet. They're not known as a a capital uh, aggressive market where Houston, Austin, Dallas, Denver, San Francisco, Cupertino, those are all places where there's a sophisticated seed round of investment for technology companies like you and 
and for life science companies, but San Antonio is not known as that today. What, what makes it possible for you to fundraise here? And, and Summer, you have a perspective on this too, so I'd be interested together, what is y'all's perspective on fundraising in San Antonio or from San Antonio, really? Starting in 2020, it was certainly an interesting year, right? <laughs> so during the, the COVID area, era, we felt that establishing a business here meant that we still had access to engaging capital outside of San Antonio. And so COVID certainly uh, allowed us to, one, work remotely, and two, build connections without necessarily having to be in a place that's centralized with a bunch of tech companies as well. And that was you know, a benefit for us. I think what's unique about San Antonio and the reason why we're here as well is because of it being military city, being close to working with the Department of Defense. For us, there are parallels with what we're doing in the electric vehicle industry and how that impacts national security. And our stakeholders have seen that, especially with our involvement with National Security Innovation Network, Propel in New York City and Brooklyn. And being here certainly gives us the ability to engage with that type of industry, which is a defense industry, the national security industry, while also allowing us to work within the high volume advanced manufacturing space. Absolutely. And I think sometimes when you're in those, and, and I'm not a tech entrepreneur, so I may be getting out of my lane here a bit, but I think for us, you know, like with life science stuff, there are certainly hubs. I think it's the same in the tech space, but sometimes I find that those hubs can cause more distractions for early stage startups. Yes, there's an ecosystem and yes, there's always somebody to talk to, but always having somebody to talk to doesn't always mean you're getting things done. Right. Do you agree? 100%. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And I, I agree with you about the COVID thing. I think it taught everybody. An entrepreneur doesn't have to fly into your big conference room and give some elaborate pitch to convey value and establish a connection and a relationship and a rapport uh -huh. with investors. So I think that was a big benefit too. We started in 2020 as well. Uh -huh. I always, when I'm pitching that, I'm like, pause, because I obviously have perfect timing. <laughs> Well, it's funny because the Angel Network was founded in 2020 as well. There was so much upheaval that it was an opportunity to really think about doing things differently. We said we can still have hybrid events. We'll do it outside. It was a way to get people at different picnic tables. In summer, you'll remember pitching in the lumberyard. Yep. We made it work. Mm -hmm. And we had a, a little bit of grace around it wasn't perfect. It wasn't necessarily going to be what would have happened pre-pandemic. Sure. And, and there was grace in that. And it allowed us to found a lot of things. It allowed me to found the Angel Network. It allowed you to do mm -hmm. hair in a different way. And it sounds like Allisense was impacted and, and benefited from the move to virtual. Mm -hmm. and, and I think post-pandemic, we've also seen the move out of those city centers in totality. I mean, we see people moving to the Hill Country in, in mass because they... They don't want to live in the city center anymore. They found a different quality of life. They found a slower quality of life at home, but they can still accomplish what they want virtually. That opens up a lot of doors for communities like ours that are outside on the suburb. 
And when we had you pitch, we, we talk about how do we attract a company like you to Kendall County? And what is it that we offer a startup like you that's different and unique? You had a great slide that talked about a couple of things, but that's where we got bold during the pandemic mm -hmm. to reach out and say, hey, we're here and, and we're seeing movement now. So it's a lot of fun to see how each of you as founders have pivoted and addressed what was happening in the world. Yeah, I think anytime you have some sort of upheaval like that, uh, it gives you a, a distinct opportunity for disruption and innovation. And I, you know, that's what startups thrive on, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. So let's go back to your story and, and where you're from. And we'll come back after the break and talk about Kendall County, the region, the Texas Hill Country, and, and where do we go from here in the future of work? Sounds great. You're listening to Bernie Radio on 103.9 FM. My name's Justin McKenzie. I'm here with my co-host, Summer Babarek, and we're visiting Roman Sandoval from Allosense. Stick with us through the break, and we'll come back and talk more about funding and startups and, and really what motivates people to decide where they're going to do this work from. This is Justin McKenzie from Building Texas. Today's segment is brought to you by Das Greenhouse. Das Greenhouse is a business incubator launched here in Bernie to serve our local community. Das Greenhouse is a place where you can come to grow your idea. Our goal is to make Bernie accessible to people who are looking to grow a business, expand a business, or learn more about what's out there in their community and get involved. Visit us at dasgreenhouse.org or come visit us at 7 Upper Balconies Road, Bernie, Texas. Das Greenhouse. This is Justin McKenzie with Building Texas on Bernie Radio 103.9 FM. Restarting the conversation after the break with Summer and Roman, I really want to dive into the future of work because I, I think what you're both doing in your work is creating new ways, new opportunities for people behind you to benefit from what you've created and the impact that you're having. Roman, let's start with you. From an Allison standpoint, you're in a market that's really coming into to a lot of fame. The Model 3 launch of the electric vehicle was just game changer from a volume standpoint, from an accessibility standpoint, affordability standpoint. Where do you see that vehicle production really making a big impact? There's still the, is the grid ready for electric vehicles at every home? I think the answer is no. But how do we continue to educate around the benefits of electric vehicle? And then can we talk a little bit about recycling of the battery? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so about the market, I, I think this is a very exciting time. By 2030, half of all vehicles will be electric. And what that means is right now, there's only 4 million electric vehicles on American roads. And that's going to expand over to more than 48 million electric vehicles. And when you look at the data, Tesla in one quarter now makes a half a million electric vehicles. Everyone is jumping on this bandwagon. And this is what's exciting about it because it's not just companies, it's also the government. And we're also creating the infrastructure to support it. So to answer your question of, do we have a, a grid, a reliable grid to support the electric vehicles? I don't know. But we sure should have that <laughs> available, especially by the time we have half of all the vehicles available by 2030. 2030 is right around the corner. And we launched, we had the privilege of launching 
the Ford Lightning here in Kendall County mm-hmm. and seeing its early tests and, and capabilities. I think Ford's launched a great vehicle, but they've come into challenges with electric vehicle manufacturing, production, distribution that feel different than Tesla's. What's causing that difference for the legacy automaker? How's that different than Tesla coming in and building it that way from the beginning? One of the things I like about Tesla and other automakers like Rivian is that they build their cars from the ground up. And when we're looking at legacy automakers like a Ford or GM or Stellantis, what we're seeing is an adjustment of ICE or internal combustion engine vehicles being adjusted into an electric vehicle. And while that's a good maneuver, it is not typically a a car that's built from the ground up with the intent of creating a new electric vehicle. And so where we see a lot of successes, at least from the consumer reviews, is when a car is built from the ground up as an electric vehicle with an intent to drive and feel like a new electric vehicle, definitely shows. And I think the, the ratings certainly show. When we're looking at the quality, like the Mach-E and, and the Ford F1 Light and the, and the Ford Lightning, there are certainly some concerns with the, the manufacturing of those. I, I believe in 2020, uh, the Machis were recalled, 48,000 of them were recalled in 2022. And so it's certainly a, a the manufacturing of electric vehicles is, is certainly an issue right now, especially on the battery side. And making sure that the quality of those batteries is made up to spec and to the expectations of the consumer market is is also a growing issue as well. Quick question. Now, as a Ford girl myself, by a CE, by the way, <laughs> I, I want to ask about, I am ignorant on the topic, so please educate me. The batteries that are manufactured, does Tesla manufacture its own batteries? Does Ford manufacture its own batteries? And what is that? I think if I understand correctly, that's the market that Allosense is in, is working with the battery manufacturers. So how many of those are there and how is Allosense empowering those manufacturers to improve the vehicles that are being produced and, you know, to make the best of the current infrastructure? When we're looking at the supply chain, there are three main processes for manufacturing batteries. There's the upstream, midstream, and downstream. So when we're looking at the distribution of both upstream and midstream, and that's typically the creation of cells and the mining associated with lithium and and other sort of elements. Just for clarity on on cells, if I think of an electric vehicle battery pack, Mm -hmm. to simplify it, it looks like a shoebox with a bunch of AA batteries in it. Am I right in that? In that, the AA batteries in that analogy would be the battery cells? Yeah, that, that, okay. that is correct. So if you see those AA batteries, those are cells. If we're looking at a battery itself, cells are combined together to create bricks or lines sometimes, it's called. And then a culmination of that creates submodules and modules, and then the modules are put together to then create a battery pack. And so when we're looking at sort of this upstream, midstream, and downstream processes, that upstream and midstream is sort of that cell manufacturing, the mining. Unfortunately, most of that process is actually done in China. So 70% uh, of upstream and midstream processes are done in China, whereas uh, the tail end of the midstream to the downstream, 
which is the assembly of the pack, is actually done typically domestically. So manufacturers receive these cells typically overseas, and the manufacturers of batteries and of cars assemble those batteries together to, to make the pack. And for us, how we engage with our customers is in the assembly of that pack, assembly of the modules, and evaluating that assembly process so that those modules and packs are safe and they can be used in vehicles. Thank you so much for that education because I had I literally had no idea how batteries were put together. I understood you were quality control. I just didn't understand what process you were QCing, so to speak. So when the manufacturer has you in their facility testing in their production line, you're part of that team. Mm-hmm. And I assume it's not you, a person, or you, an employee there. It is a piece of hardware that's powered by software that you've developed. You developed the hardware as well, correct? Yes, that, that is correct. So we make our hardware and solutions from the ground up. We install our, initially their cabinets and testers. We install them in the factory lines and proud to say that our cabinets touch each and every battery system, whether it's a BMS or an actual pack that's in the fa- factory floor. And so we evaluate that quality for our customers and our customers appreciate that because they, they call us for additional support. And when there's a liability, because we, we read the newspaper and we see electric vehicles, the electric vehicle fire, as an example, is a, is a very dangerous and unique situation for our firefighters now. They're looking at a car fire, which is already tragic and hard to deal with, compounded by a battery issue. How, how Where does that line break? How does the everyday car owner feel comfortable in that scenario and, and understand the protection around it. There are certainly regulatory bodies, government bodies that are helping to make standards and we're involved in that those kind of discussions as well. But overall the specifications and safety of those batteries are set forth by the the company that we work with, by our customers. And they have specific uh, limits associated with testing that we align our systems with. But don't get me wrong, a battery system is fairly complex. It's not just about cells inside a shoebox like what you're mentioning. Uh, It's composed of cooling systems, contactors, pyros. There's an explosive fuse that's actually inside most electric vehicle batteries. And that's to disconnect from everything else for safety. If there is a massive fault, that fuse gets blown and that disconnects the battery from the entire system. Well... You're listening to Justin McKenzie in Building Texas, 103.9 FM on Bernie Radio. Roman, we've really enjoyed having you out here. We have a few more minutes, and I want to get some final thoughts just tying us back to to where we talk about Building Texas because startups like you are working in a region that's not known for automotive manufacturing, but we sit between Detroit and northern Mexico, which means we sit right in the middle of high-volume automotive manufacturing. How do you? How are you putting this on the map? I'm impressed by the press and the visibility that you're getting, and you've really drawn a lot of people to look at San Antonio because of the LinkedIn presence and and what you and Summer both do. I think you both bring national eyes to what we're doing here. What's your encouragement for founders like you, and then what's your call for investors across the country to look at this region? 
I just think overall this region is an exciting place to be in. I mean, look, you know, don't get, don't take my word for it. There are large companies that are moving to Texas. Tesla moved to Texas. Oracle moved to Austin, Texas as well. And we're actually part of Oracle's portfolio companies. And overall, I, I see this huge growth potential happening here, certainly in Austin, but Bernie and San Antonio is growing aggressively and it's growing based on this technology ecosystem that we're experiencing. I remember living in Austin, Texas 10 years ago and there were no skyscrapers. Now it's all skyscrapers. All cranes. and skyscrapers. <laughs> yeah. But that's what makes our, our listener nervous. What, mm-hmm. How does that growth really come in and, and how do we ensure that we're funding a future and building a future where there is work that can be done, that it's not all computers and behind the curtain for a lot of people, but it's accessible and available to our students that have gone through STEM programs, our students that are really want to be in cars and the latest and greatest automotive tech, and they can do that here. That's what I find exciting about what we're talking about. So Roman, I, I appreciate your time on the show today. I appreciate you coming out and helping us understand in the Hill Country how we can play a role in the work that you're doing, whether that's from a capital standpoint or from in the future, having having you out here as a, a company in Das Greenhouse or in the Bernie region. Yeah, I'm really excited to be here. Well, I look forward to coming back to this conversation and, and recalling where it started and, and why we're doing this. So thank you, Roman. I appreciate the way that you are building Texas. Summer? Thanks, Roman. I appreciate you taking the time to come out. Every week, you'll learn more about what's being built so that you can understand the vision, find helpful resources, and know how to get involved. This is Building Texas, where we sit down with the most interesting people who are making an impact locally and statewide. Join us every Saturday at 930, right here on Bernie Radio. This is Amy Story with the Bernie Kendall County Economic Development Corporation. Join us on Tuesday, October 24th for Kendall County's first economic summit at the Bevy Hotel for this half-day event to learn more about the businesses and opportunities here in Kendall County. This event is being brought to you by the San Antonio Business Journal and the Bernie Kendall County Economic Development Corporation. Sponsorships are still available, and individual tickets can be purchased through the San Antonio Business Journal or online at the BKC EDC website. That's www.bkcedc.com. You don't want to miss this opportunity to hear from local business leaders as well as representatives from the City of Bernie and Kendall County. Panel discussions include infrastructure planning and hear from the people and entities involved in the creation of our entrepreneurial ecosystem. Get your tickets before the event sells out. After the Economic Summit, Das Greenhouse, Bernie's first business incubator, will host an open house. So come out and see the community's place to support and grow entrepreneurs, innovators, founders, and startups right here in Kendall County. That's www.bkcedc.com. head over to the Patrick Heath Public Library with Miss Constance for Children's Story Time. As the Patrick Heath Library is open today from 10 to 4, this is Bernie Radio.